Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Sustainable 144. Welcome yourself to Sustainable 144. Oh, we are, are we not, your cheeky <laughs> little environment podcast all about cheeky weekly environmental podcasts. People and the planet, that's what we're about. And why... I've got, got a Yoda, you're doing your words in a funny order. Shut up. <laughs> and why I drank my tea too fast, and why, despite everything being nosed in the people and the planet front, we can still have a little chuckle and a fight about it every now and then, can't we all? Yes. And there's a lot of chuckling and fighting going on this week. What else is going on? Well, we are going to be talking about fashion. fashion. Yeah, me and you fashion experts doyen just look at us yeah yeah uh face for radio uh we're going to be talking about fashion because a listener to the babble got in touch and said do an episode about fashion we said yes we will and six months later we've leaped into action <laughs> exactly now look we looked into it and went whoa this is this is insane yeah. this uh this changes everything that's a- what we said is that a panel might be. Right. Uh, so we're going to talk about fashion and how crazy it is for the planet. Now, we're also going to be talking about Extinction Rebellion. Again? Again. Uh, uh, listen, well, I know we did it before, episode 128, I believe. Yes. Yes. Huh? <laughs> what on me? Back in November. <laughs> but that was then. This is now. Things are different now. Yeah. That's the thing about now is it's not then. Exactly, Dave. Exactly, Dave. So uh, we're going to be talking about Extinction Rebellion and how, you know, they're really trying to um, cause a bit of a a shock doctrine. I guess. All right. Yeah. Yeah. To to get people to notice climate change. Now, finally, new section. Niche theme this, by the way. Uh, Well, you know, (laughs) stick with it. New section. This is going to be talking uh, all about a new podcast that's emerged from our friends at Shell and how, you know, maybe they'll be better off having no logo on that podcast rather than plagiarising the babble. Yeah. Arthur Stovall is not happy. Indeed, Arthur Stovall. Maybe we should read out later what Arthur Stovall said when we told him well, about Shell's new podcast and its very nice, very familiar-looking mm. logo. That's right, Oh, and mm. I, I very much enjoyed your Naomi Klein theme. Absolutely, yeah. yeah this changes everything. Good. Shock doctrine, no logo, and some other stuff. And that some other stuff we had well. to look up. Very good. So, just the usual disclaimer before any of that: if uh, anything that we say rubs you up the wrong way, please do remember that we do work for environmental charities. So these are very, very much our own views. And if you email our bosses, they will say no. It's not enough to email us. Instead, you need to take it up directly with Ol and Dave, not with us for whom they work. Yes. I was expecting a fashion pun. Have I missed it? No, it's not enough. That's a Naomi Klein. <laughs> Amazing. Right, OK. All right, yeah, niche. Fine. Carry on. Fine. <laughs> Crikey Moses, I did not know that. Oh, crikey Moses, I did not know that. Now, there's an awful lot of stuff I don't know. Yep. Uh, not least about clothes. Indeed. Uh, what don't you know about clothes? who's ever seen me, and they will tell you that you don't know about clothes, oh. Uh, so, there we go. But I didn't know that clothes are bad. Really, really bad for the planet. Should we all walk around in the all-togethers? <laughs> yes, your wasp names, as you might call them. Your wasp names dangling free. Free-balling to your heart's content. Yes, uh, it turns out that, as with most stuff in our world, making it and disposing it is bad. But but fashion is really bad. Now, look, 
Heads up, we were given the uh, the nod on this by a listener who emailed us, and that listener is Checky, who is uh, editor in chief of something called Trash Mag. Uh, and I liked Checky from the get go because their, oh, the opening of his or her email said, "I'm a huge fan of Sustainable." So I thought, "Well, there we go. I'll read on." Anyway, th- very kindly, Checky, thank you genuinely for all of the amazing stuff you sent through, like people we should go and interview, stuff we should read. Read the stuff. Yep didn't bother getting in touch with people to interview. No, well, you know, we thought that actually it might be better if Dave and Ol had a look at this, given that the whole point is like Dave and Ol try and understand a complicated thing. And this is not just a complicated thing, but it's a thing that in itself we don't understand. Never mind why it's bad. We thought we'd have a look at fashion. Mm. What are you wearing, Eddie? La Croix. It's fabulous. Good. Thank you. Question number one for you, Ol, and I accept that this episode... Hang on. Yeah, you. I know you asked the questions, but I want to just... just I want to question something from the get-go here, right. right it's not fashion that's the problem fashion is like a cultural phenomenon whereby people like something sometime and then the taste change and then you do another thing right yes. is that the problem or is no. the problem volume of shit is the problem well they're not totally disconnected because if fashion said oh isn't it cool to wear the same thing for 10 years for a start i would be fashionable uh, <laughs> but but also that would have a dramatically different impact on consumption, which is the damaging thing. So, yeah, how you how you make the things, the volume in which you make them, how you dispose of them, that's the problem. But fashion is definitely connected to that. Well, because it's this sort of like you every year or every six months, you've got to go buy all this new stuff. And not only you've got to buy all this new stuff, but there's like different sorts of new stuff. It's like, well, you've got to have a brown thing for your top half and a, I don't know, what else, pink thing for your bottom half. <laughs> And, you know, see that, and that's good, that's in trend. Yeah. That's what they say, isn't it? Sure. One of the really useful things that's happened recently is a bunch of MPs in Parliament called the Environmental Audit Committee. Uh, go back and listen to episode 59 for more on the Environmental Audit Committee. Really? Yeah, they were the ones who came out and said the government should ban microbeads, and then ah. then they did come out and ban microbeads. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Which they haven't done yet, so I don't have to go into Crystal Palace Park wearing a QPR shop at the top of my top half and nothing on my bottom half and eat grass until I'm sick. Well... You don't have to. <laughs> I wouldn't stop you. Yes, Environmental Audit Committee did a big old report uh, on the sustainability of the fashion industry called Fixing Fashion, Clothing Consumption and Sustainability. Uh, and yeah, it's pretty cool. And, you know, in the summary of it, the main the boss MP of this committee uh, said our insatiable appetite for clothes comes with a huge social and environmental price tag. In the UK, and we'll come on to this, we buy more clothes per person than any other country in Europe. Shut Yep. No way. Yep. Uh, it goes on to say fast fashion means we overconsume and underuse clothes. As a result, we get rid of over a million tonnes of clothes worth 140 million quid going to landfill every year. Oh, yeah. What's fast fashion mean? Right. Fast fashion is a term used to describe a new accelerated fashion business model that has evolved since the 1980s, which I think means it's Margaret Thatcher's fault. Oh, there we are. Well, she was always banging on about shoulder pads and stuff, wasn't she? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, It involves increased numbers of new fashion collections every year, quick turnarounds and often lower prices. Reacting rapidly to offer new products to meet consumer demand is crucial to this business model. So basically, make stuff that you have no intention of sticking around for very long. It can be cheap as a result. Get people to buy it. Immediately make new stuff. <clears throat> yeah? <laughs> Good. 
More chicks for me. See you in a month, baby. Shopping for clothes is hell, right? Hell. You know what I did? Amen to that. Oh, I hate, I hate it. Into that. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. it stresses me out. I know it's out. a cliche, but I just can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> I hate it. And so what I do is, uh, when I absolutely have to, I go on the internet and these days get my girlfriend to pick me a pair of jeans out. Uh, and then what I've done, I like the pair of jeans I got so much, I've bought three more identical pairs and they're coming yep. soon. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Right? That's I like these fine. jeans. I'll have some more so that the one pair I've already got uh, won't leave me naked when it breaks. But Vision of Hell, that thing in Primark, when it's like you go in there and there's just, there were at one point carefully arranged piles of clothes and carefully laid out things on <laughs> yeah. racks. And what there actually is, is war. <laughs> it's like there's been a war in there and sometimes you actually see people, like there's a jumper and the jumper is stretching because one of them's got one arm of it, the other one's got the other arm of it and they're both trying to buy it at the same time. It's like permanent Black Friday in there. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Agree. Now, quiz time. Oh, I'm getting a quiz. This is my first quiz. Now, I look, always give you the quiz. I know. I'm quite nervous. Yes. I think you can tell. Yes. Uh, I don't know how to do this, but hopefully you've edited some nice jingly things into it and uh, it'll sound good. Look, there are lots of reasons that making clothes is bad, not least of which is water use. Now, Dave. Yes, all. Question number one. <laughs> yes, all. How much water does it take to produce one kilogram of cotton? Now, in case you're wondering, one kilogram is, <laughs> is the weight of one bag of sugar, as long as it's a one kilogram bag of sugar. Yes. But, but in case you need any more context, that is roughly the weight of a cotton t-shirt, the combined weight of a cotton t-shirt and cotton pair of jeans. That's a kilogram, is it? Yeah, roughly, yeah. Is it? Yep. Oh, jeans are heavier than I thought they were. Yeah. How much water? Yeah. Uh... God, I've to produce a kilo of cotton. No idea. Well, let's let's think about this methodically, shall we? Oh, too no. methodically. There's six questions here. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Well, look, uh, water. You are referring to growing the cotton in the field, yeah. presumably, and then to uh, the process that I don't know about, which turns that cotton into magic flat stuff, and then presumably all the other water involved in something else. I'm going to say a lot. Wow, nothing gets past you, does it? <laughs> oh, what, what? Liters? <laughs> yeah, I want liters. Liters? liters. Yeah. 100 liters. More. 1,000 liters. More. What? For a kilogram? Yeah. 1,000 liters is a lot. That's like yeah. a really, really big bucket of water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big bucket, yeah? Yeah. How much is a swimming pool? I don't know. Swimming pool's worth. Well, how big is a swimming pool? This is getting silly. I don't know. Okay, I have no idea how to quantify this. Ten to twenty thousand liters of water to make a kilo of cotton. Probably is a swimming pool. Well, I was trying to visualize this. In fact, look that thing in front of you there—not the computer, the thing to the left of it. Yes. Water bottle. How much water does that hold? That's. I reckon that's seven hundred and fifty mils. Right there we go. So imagine that was a third bigger, and that'd be a liter, and then imagine twenty thousand of those. A lot of water in it. Mm. I'm just looking up the swimming pool thing. <laughs> How much water is in a standard swimming pool? How many litres of water in a swimming pool? 2.5 million litres. Oh, well, it's fine then. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. So for 100 cotton t-shirts and 100 pairs of jeans, you've got to have an Olympic-sized swimming pool's amount of water. Help! I've got my swimming trunks on. 
Yes. Uh, so, yeah, look, it's a huge problem. Um, obviously, you have to irrigate cotton, uh, the plants, you know, to, to grow them. A lot of this isn't um, uh, done very sensitively. A lot of it is done in arid places. Not least, this is bonkers. Have you heard of, uh, find notes, uh, the Aral Sea? Uh, 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 is that one that isn't there anymore? Well, yes, exactly. A bit of a trick question because right. this was the fourth, I think, fourth biggest inland water anywhere in the world, somewhere in like Kyrgyzstan or something. Uh, and uh, it, the Soviet Union decided they wanted to uh, not import any clothes or cotton and everything. So they were going to grow cotton there, used it to grow cotton. There is no sea left anymore. For that reason? Yeah, for that, it, because it's just uh, they tried to grow cotton, did grow cotton in a desert and... No sea left. I've got a cotton T-shirt on. Am I bad? Well, we'll come on to that. Um, Got cotton drawers on. Well, in fact, we'll come on to it now because another aspect is, you won't be surprised to learn, uh, carbon. Carbon. Like climate change. Yes. 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 So, question number two, Dave. What uses more carbon in its production? A polyester shirt or a cotton shirt? Carbon in its production. Can I phone a friend? Is it Big Dave? This can be Big Dave. I'm going to phone Big Dave. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hello, Big Dave. Um, I'm calling you from Sustainababble. I just have a question I wondered if I could ask you. Okay. Um, do, what uses more carbon in its production, a polyester shirt or a cotton shirt? Oh. Big Dave's got no idea, Rob. Just have a look at what you could have won. Big Dave says... Yeah. He doesn't know, but right. uh, does it count things like the fuel used in the tractor and the fuel used in, uh, like, getting st- the cotton out of the fields and all that sort of stuff? Or is it just, uh, what does it include? I asked the questions, uh, right. and <laughs> the question was, <laughs> what uses more carbon in its production, a polyester shirt or a cotton shirt? Uh, I think this is a trick question. I'm going to say a cotton shirt. You are completely wrong. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, polyester shirt uses more than twice as much carbon uh, in its production than a cotton shirt, which surprised me because I thought, I thought that whole thing about um, you know how washing synthetic stuff is bad for microfibers because all the little bits of plastic go into the drains and then go into the oh yeah and stuff. fleeces don't wash your fleece yeah but like increase- that's why you don't wash your drawers isn't it sure um, but increasingly lots and lots of our clothing is synthetic right it's polyester and so it's not just a fleecy thing it's not just for like environmentalists on their easter retreat to the lake district again uh but i assumed because of that that actually the you know the the carbon impact of polyester was miles less and uh, you know swings around about but it turns out no it's quite it's quite bad what is polyester that was question 2a all oh, right is what it... is polyester day oh i don't bloody know um plastic yeah is it, is it what well, it is what's plastic made of ester Pardon? What? <laughs> Esther? Well, it's more than est- polyesters. Oh, right, no. Hmm? <laughs> what's, what's plastic made of? Oil. Yes, Mostly. petroleum. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And this this is um, the same stuff as, it's PET. Uh, it's the same stuff as you find in uh, plastic bottles and Go stuff. back and listen to episode 140 for more on PET. Yeah. I think the people in this country have had enough of experts. <laughs> Um, how much, uh, what percent of industrial water pollution globally 
is attributable just to the dying and treatment of textiles. Ten percent. More. Oh, bollocks. Twelve percent. Twenty percent. Yeah. Oh, lot of pollution. That's a lot of pollution. Yeah. Yeah, so that's all bad. Uh, and I think that's also responsible for doing a lot of damage to people because, you know, sloshing around in this nasty polluted dye water and then trying to make a living off the land that's polluted with the dye water and stuff like that. So all of which to say is just making these things is bad for planet in many ways, right? Um, have you got any questions, Dave? You've been quizzed. Um, I, you look a bit like someone who's been paxman Yes, um, I've got a question. I'll oh. since, you, since you care to bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> The question is this. Do I get to say shut up and... What is it you say? Shut up and listen. Shut up and listen. Yeah. yeah. Shut up and listen. Well, the question is this. Oh, what the bloody hell am I supposed to do with all that information? It's like, right. I'm worry. Okay. Well, worry, but... Feel like, guilty. I literally buy one pair of jeans every six years and a T-shirt when it's absolutely necessary. It's not my fault, right? Can I be, can I be exonerated? And who's, who are the bastards? That's what I want to know. Uh, well, I always want to know who the bastard is. Yeah. Yeah. You're not the bastard. I'm not the bastard. Is Primark the bastard? Uh, to an extent, I, th- I mean, I think this is a bit of a cop out, isn't it? But like the economic system. Oh, that system again! <laughs> it's always coming up. It, All we it need is, to do is smash that. Yeah, yeah. Still, we'll just do another hundred and forty-four episodes, and I'm sure <laughs> that'll be done. Yeah, yeah. We'll look, be at this really. Yeah, there, there's some there's some interesting stuff in here. Look, are we going to get to that? Are we? Yeah, it's it is bad. But I think that the companies who are are peddling this stuff are they are they are the bastards. Uh, there's some fascinating stuff about the social cost of fashion. Uh. Not least that the vast majority of people working at the bottom of it all, doing all of your dyeing and your stitching and everything else, doing all of your dyeing. Well, literally. you know, dyeing with an e um, and a y and a d, ing as well. Uh, they they are <laughs> overwhelmingly women, and yet the majority of uh, CEOs of these big companies are men. In fact, all of the top ten fashion uh, houses in the UK are run by men. Uh, so it's a kind of somebody was saying on here. It's very well. Phoebe English, who gave evidence to this committee, said this is very much a, a feminist issue. Uh, are we bastards for? Not you and me, but generally us for buying stuff. Well, in the UK, yeah, we're as mentioned at the top, we are terrible for like buying loads more clothes than anyone else in Europe. You know that thing when like we always try and finish an episode, which we're not doing yet, but we always do that thing with like, what can the listeners do? Buy less sodding clothes. Yeah, that's a thing you can do. Uh, sometimes we get like there's advice to people like this. You, you know, you sustain a babble, despite what Eddie Mayer seems to think this week. You sustain a babble is not a lifestyle program, right? Um, but like I said, for anyone who's confused by that reference, Dave spent an hour talking on the radio to Eddie Mayer who somehow got the memo <laughs> that it was about the babble. Yeah. So thanks, Eddie Mayer and LBC <laughs> for giving us an hour long. <laughs> They also somehow the got the memo that I'm like some sort of green lifestyle expert, which I'm not. Because <laughs> generally it tends to be buy less shit and smash a system. It seems w- to be. Was the answer to every question hummus? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but yeah, I'm not a lifestyle expert. But in this case, I fail to see how anyone's life is significantly harmed at all by buying half the amount of clothes 
that a lot of people buy. Unless, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't have any sympathy whatsoever. Buy less shit you don't need and stop putting it on your body. With the exception, the honourable exception of your Sustainable Bubble t-shirts, which are available uh, from our website, very reasonably priced as well. And ethically made. And ethically made, genuinely ethically made. Wait, we should get onto the bloody waste that goes into all of this. Um, There were some good old scandals, and by which I mean awful scandals, uh, last year. One of which was uh, about Burberry. You know the firm that makes the cap that a little 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 yappy dogs dressed in peculiarly yeah. checked clothes. If you're from like the early two thousands and you're wearing white jeans uh, and a Ben Sherman shirt, you're also wearing a Burberry cap uh. and, and driving a Ford Escort that's been lowered a bit too low to the ground. That sort of thing, yeah. Um, which I believe is their marketing strategy, and it's worth a dream. But they uh, they apparently just quietly said in one of their annual reports, "Oh yeah, we like burnt a load of um, clothes this year, uh, about twenty three million quids worth." And someone looked into it, and uh, over the past five years, the total value of goods that they had destroyed, i.e., literally burnt, was ninety million quid. What? And these are brand new clothes what? that they are they are choosing to burn rather than. They get sold cheap somewhere, or that somehow damages their brand from having like out of date <gasps> stock kicking around. In offery upon in offery. It is in offery. Uh, yeah, and um, they apparently have like done a bit of a reverse ferret on that and have said they're not going to do it anymore and they're going to, you know, give it to puppies or whatever. Uh, but they're not the only ones. Um, H&M have got apparently across the world £4.3 billion worth, a uh, dollar's worth of unsold stock that they don't know what to do with. Burning it? <laughs> well, they don't just like give it to people who haven't got clothes. Well, that's they, what Burberry has said. Doing, but until Until this scandal, yeah, because... They would rather that the only Burberry clothes in circulation were the latest clothes. I'm taking my glasses off. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Mine are on my head. Yes. Listen, listen to our voices. They're going oh, crazy. God. This is the inhoffiest thing I've ever heard. It is inhoffery, isn't no, it? No, actually, later on, we've got the inhoffiest thing I've ever heard. That's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Having said that, you and me and our ilk, i.e. humans, are not immune either because uh, apparently last year... Uh, 300,000 tonnes worth of clothes were chucked in household bins by people in Britain, mm. uh, 20% of which goes to landfill and 80% of which is incinerated. So we're burning our clothes as well. We're just getting someone else to do it. You look like a zombie. She still has emotions, you know. She just doesn't have to pay for them in wrinkles, that's all. I'm happy about that. Can you tell? No. Money well spent. Money well spent. So, oh... Dave, now oh, give me a break because I've been talking a lot. Yeah, all right. Well, here's, here's a thing. Water. Here's the thing that I think. Well, thank you for doing all that looking into things. It's very good. Um, not remotely interested in fashion, so I'm pleased you looked into it. Um, I, you, you know how you one could despair at all of this, right? But I actually think of all of the things we look at in this podcast, like global species decline and you know oil barons and all that sort of thing. The thing that I reckon like seems to be the easiest to do something about, relatively speaking, is all this fast fashion stuff for two reasons, right? Uh, and tell me, you know, I am deliberately trying to find sunny side up type things of all of this, you know. But reason number one, because who is it buys a lot of fast fashion? Young people, right? Not who, not who benefits from it, but, you know, who is doing a lot of the purchasing, who are, is, is young people. Yeah. And young people, in general, 
broadly defined, in general, are more likely, particularly at the moment, we're going to talk about that in a bit, and we talked about the youth climate strikes and all of that, are more generally likely to care about the planet. So there's that, so they might care about it. Although there was a thing that I saw that said that actually, of all of the things young people care about with fashion, sustainability is like bottom of the list. But anyway, that's, you know, I'm ignoring, ignoring me talking amongst against my own thing there. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'll um, just let you... Tie yourself and not, it's fine. But the other thing is, yeah, if fashion, if whether people wear socks or not, is determined by very sinister rich men in boardrooms and everyone follows what Beyonce does, and if Beyonce came out and said, A, wear socks, but B, only buy one pair of socks and wear them for as long as possible, that's really cool and you will get all the sex, (laughs) then everyone would start doing it because fashion, by definition, is a thing where you follow the herd. Right. And so all it would yeah. take would be people starting to say, well, actually, let's look at what sustainable, redefine trendy to mean wearing yesterday's drawers. And <laughs> then it'll be all right. Do you know I, what thought, I, mean? I thought you were going to say, let's look to what sustainable are wearing <laughs> and, and run very fast in the opposite direction. Something must be done. Something must be done. Something. What? Hmm. Thing. Well, uh, to go back to the old Environmental Audit Committee, a bunch of, of MPs, and the way that these things work is committee goes, hmm, this is an issue uh, for Planet. Let's get a load of expert, clever people to come in and tell us what the problem is and what we should do about it. So it's, it's kind of like a... They didn't ask us. Glor- no, experts, oh, Dave, experts. Yeah, yeah. We know about it. You know about it now. Yes, expert. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like, you know, just a great big synthesis, and then they come up with a few um, recommendations. Which but, the government ignores. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they, well, I'll talk about the thing, the specific thing, and then, and then you should come on to some fairly fruity language you put in our prep doc, which I don't think you can read verbatim. But uh, we'll come around to that. Look, one thing they did say is that... Uh, you could stick a levy on everything that's made, just like one penny uh, on every garment that's sold in this country. Uh, and that would, for instance, raise 35 million squid uh, for investment in clothing collection points, sorting and Ooh, recycling. Like, so a, like that... a deposit return scheme, but for clothes. So you take your T-shirt that you've had for a six months or something and you bung it into one of them vending machines in reverse, go back and listen to a previous episode, and uh, you get uh, some money out. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, but it, even if you're not getting the money out, well, I suppose, yeah, you'd have to have an incentive for you to do that. But um, but that, you know, that's that's definitely a good thing that can happen. Um, what were you talking about? There's a thing you were going to talk about. Well, um, I think that, okay, we could put a 1p levy on every pair of drawers sold and use it to incentivise people to recycle or we could just say to companies stop being cunts anti-enough of the week So, Andy Inhoff, or Inhoffs of the week, this is the section where we look for the people who have gone, no, I will not watch Planet Burn, I will do something about it. And, well, stuff is being done. Ooh, yeah. Um, now, look, heads up, we're recording this 
just shortly before eight o'clock on Thursday. Apologies in advance if there's been something really big and bad that's happened. Yes. Uh, but it hasn't happened yet that we know about. So all of this is um, is caveated with that. Just want to make that very clear. Look, we're talking about Extinction Rebellion, which we talked about before in episode 128. Uh, but that was when a relatively small, by today's standards, yeah, thing small, happened sorry. in Parliament Square and Westminster Bridge uh, in that there London. And it was all sort of done and dusted and over and no one really got that excited about it. What's happening now is that we are in the midst of an international rebellion uh, started on the 15th of April. Currently, at the time of recording, we're four days in, where people are taking bridges, closing roads, closing Parliament Square. This is just in London, uh, but it's happening everywhere else. Standing on the tube. Standing on the DLR, uh, getting a month's remand in custody for that, uh, which is quite interesting. Um, Locking themselves to Jeremy Corbyn's house. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, bloody hell. Um, So, yeah, it's all kicking off. And uh, hundreds of people are getting arrested this time. We've uh, Nearly 500 people have been arrested now. At the time of recording. At the time of recording. Uh, and the whole model is keep coming in and replacing the ones who have been arrested with more people who are willing to be arrested so that you overwhelm the police, so that you continue to hold the bridges and the roads and all the rest of it. And at the time of recording, if you ask me, that strategy is working well the strategy that is definitely working as uh, quite a few people have pointed out is every single front page of the newspapers i think certainly maybe not looking at that one over there what's that standard well i don't count no it is well look that's an advert it's the standard so obviously the front oh, right, page okay, yeah. is an advert but the headline inside fourth, fourth day, day of, of climate there chaos from climate protesters front page Extinction Rebellion. Extinction there we Rebellion. are. And in hammock uh, with pink boat in Oxford. Front page of all the all the major newspapers today has got some combination of uh, polar bear because this is also the day that David Attenborough's uh, documentary is going out, which we haven't seen at the time of recording. Nope. Sure, it's all right. Well done, David Attenborough. <laughs> nice one, mate. It's the Babble What One. It go back and listen <laughs> to a much earlier one where we call him a massive inhoff for not talking about climate change enough. Um, or the other thing on the front pages is Extinction Rebellion. It is obviously if the point if one of the points is get this so you cannot help but talk about it people are talking about it an interesting thing i was on that radio yesterday talking to someone and people were just before i got on talking about extinction rebellion phone in thing and there were people from across the country calling in going oh well you know in china they'd just shoot them wouldn't they just shoot them (laughs) and and you know the host was going well is that what you want brian he goes no not saying that but I would, like would sugar, <laughs> um, but not a single person that dialed in, according to the host, not a single person actually said, I disagree with the thing they are campaigning about. Not a single person. They said, like, you bastards for messing up my commute home or getting on my DLR or buggering up Parliament Square. But that's just people getting annoyed at having their shit disrupted. Like, the actual thing, nobody is saying that's bad. Not anyone you want to listen to anyway. Uh, I have really enjoyed some of the media coverage of this. Some of it's been absolutely appalling. And all of it has... The the really bad stuff has been like... Well, listen to Adam Bolton. I nearly said a bad word that you would have had to bleep out there. Adam Bolton, veteran Sky News political broadcaster, interviewing someone from Extinction Rebellion here. You come here and you cause disruption in Westminster. You're not even getting a message across. You're just a... You know, you're a load of incompetent, middle-class self-indulgent 
people who want to tell us how to live our lives. That's what you are, isn't it? Millions of people are going to start. He walked out, didn't he? He walked out. He walked, he walked out. out. With that, he did not put. Absolutely. And I do like how in that interview, but also in some others on primetime media platforms, the, uh, the interviewers have gone, whoa, it's not working, is it? Your message isn't getting across. Apart from on this primetime platform where I'm interviewing you and on the front page of every newspaper and... I think what they really mean is we're terribly cross and we don't like you and we would rather you weren't here. Just wanted to uh, flag a couple of things I saw about this. Um, you know, we did talk about this at length in, in episode 128 when I admitted, and I'm going to do it again, to a thing that actually, well, I'm not going to do it. James O'Brien, very clever uh, lefty radio dude, right? Yeah. Uh, said hero a thing, of Remain. Hero of Remain, hero of Dave. I like James O'Brien, a great good. deal. Better at radio even than us. And he said a thing that very elegantly said a thing that I think, which is, look, he said, I'm going to admit to a thing about my brain. He said, my, the thing is, I could totally agree with Extinction Rebellion, what they're trying to do. And I agree that protest is fine. Basically, I should be absolutely 100% behind them. There's nothing about them I disagree with. But I find myself holding back from fully supporting them. And he, he basically said, like, I don't know why that is. I don't know you why You described that it as intellectual constipation, didn't yeah. you? Well, it's that yeah. cognitive dissonance. We've talked about this all the way through. Like back yeah, in he could have used those words rather than evoking a slightly <laughs> unnecessary image. He could have. But, you know, back in episode 92 when we were talking about the death of all the insects and the kind of how you get your head around this stuff. And, and then that led on to a thing that friend of the babble, James Murray, said when he said there is something fundamentally weird about this that seems like it's from a Margaret Atwood science fiction book or something like the name of the movement and the logo and like this is what the dystopian future was supposed to look like in science fiction of like in in what's that what's it called the, the uh, age of stupid that thing when there was like you know riots and protests against climate change that was the that was a dystopian future but it's here now yeah. like it's happening now and of course it's unsettling and it's out of nowhere we're in that dystopian future and this is this has shifted and suddenly all of this stuff is being talked about we're talking about you know whether it's okay to get arrested for the planet and we're talking about whether the government's doing enough we're talking about you know public transport and coal and whatever it's it's exciting So, Inhofe time! Hmm. Now, uh, you all know what an Inhofe is by now, don't you? Bad people. Nasty types. Now, look, this lot have been in... They must have been in Inhofe Corner, have they? Yes. I mean, we did I'm pretty the sure they episode. are the current residents of Inhofe Corner. <laughs> oh, no, the residents of Anhof, anti-Inhofe Corner until, uh, until Extinction Rebellion booted them out. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, look, this is Shell. Uh, lovely, lovely Royal Dutch Shell. Um, tiny little startup in the energy sector um, you've never heard of. Look, this isn't what you think it is. We're not going to bang on about how bad oil production is. We're going to talk about... <laughs> we're going to talk about imitation being the highest form of flattery. So here's the thing. The best way to check this out is to go to our Facebook page, uh, search for Sustainable on Facebook, or our Twitter feed, look at the Babble Wagon on Twitter. <laughs> look at the Babble Wagon. Look at the Babble Wagon on Twitter. And point, uh, what we've done there, um, Shell have got a new podcast. You can find it yourself. 
Not telling you what it's called. Don't find it. Don't but don't find it yourself. But the purpose of this podcast is, I think, looking at it to bang on in a, a sort of anti-babbly sort of way about all the green stuff they're doing. I think that's what it is, right? I very much doubt they'll be talking about dragging oil out of the Niger Delta and all that sort of stuff, right? <laughs> yes. Episode one. <laughs> we really need to talk about Ken Saraweeva. Yeah. I yeah. d- doubt it will be that somehow. Um, so it's like a kind of sustainable type podcast. Um, and just have a look at the similarities between the logo for Shell's new podcast and the Babbles logo, designed a year and a half ago by the wonderful, legendary Arthur Stovall. First of all, that money was just resting in my account before I moved it on. It was resting for a long time, Ted. Yes. And th- do you think we've been trolled by we've Shell? We've been massively <laughs> trolled by Shell. We've been massively trolled by Shell, which I'm, let me be absolutely clear, I'm enormously proud of. Um, I mean, if that is what's happened, that is, that's extraordinary. I mean, even the, the text, the font and the layout... Look, this is not a coincidence. ...is not dissimilar. No. No, this is this is not a coincidence. I'm do not really, saying. Do you really, really think that? Look, I'm, I, I cannot say categorically for all sorts of reasons that they nicked it. <laughs> not least legal ones. Legal ones. But all I'm saying is, make your own mind up. Don't listen to it. Just have a look at it. Things that went well and things that could have gone better. Oh my god! What? Oh, this is absolutely fantastic. Right, look, I this is genuinely happening. I shit you not, which is an apposite phrase given the context. As we record, we have just received, I think, the best email we've ever had uh, from somebody called Reagan McLaughlin, uh, who is an American, writing to us about bog roll. Again? Again. <laughs> we got lots of people writing to us. Lots of Americans like writing about bog roll, <laughs> didn't they? This is because of episode 138 when we talked about bog roll. Yes. And Americans using vast amounts of bog roll. Well, as corroborated by Reagan. Look, we won't go into the detail of it here because we haven't got time. But th- check out our social media channels because this is superb. So that is just about it for another episode of Babble. Thank you very much, Dave, for being quizzed. Right. It's lovely being on the other Enjoyed side of the table. Enjoyed being quizzed. Uh, and listening to me bang on. Thank you, as ever, to the wonderful Dickie Moore for the music that begins and ends and intertwingles this podcast. And thank you to the aforementioned Arthur Stobel for designing Shell's, lo- sorry, designing our logo. Uh, and uh, which you can find on a website and stuff and on our t-shirts please do buy a t-shirt from our website they are good and will make you look sexy and everything and if you're gonna buy fashion that's oh the fashion yeah to buy. no let's that's... not be open to charges of rank hypocrisy no no all no I mean there's fashion and then there's fashion yeah. like, this is <laughs> exactly. this is fashion yeah oh we are such hypocrites you can get in touch with this you can tell us what you thought of the show we're on facebook just search sustainable we are on the twitter at the babble wagon and you can drop us an email to hello at sustainable fish and if you like what you hear on this podcast and you want to chip in a wee bit of money to help with its running costs help me buy a microphone that doesn't keep falling onto my pop shield uh, then you Euphemism. can do, <laughs> then you can do that uh, thank you very much to Liz Hutchins for chipping in in the last week Liz of course the first person who has been on Sustainable and now is a financial supporter of it uh, go back and listen to episode 84 for our interview with Liz Right, all that remains to say is thank you again to Checky Harding for getting in touch. If you do, like, think we should talk about a 
thing that we haven't talked about, do drop us an email. We're all ears. And frankly, after 144 episodes, you know, very grateful for any new ideas. And thank you very much to Nick Davis for his help behind the scenes. Uh, thanks, Nick, for all your leads and stuff. Sorry we didn't use <coughs> all of them. But thank you. For, uh, thank you anyway for that. Chum. Um, right, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, won't we, all? Because we're of not weeks. here next week because we've got things to do, places to be, stuff to attend to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back at the start of May. Oh, oh, just one more thing. Uh, low, I pains me to do this. I actively don't like doing it, but I think our listeners will be disappointed if we don't. Now, the bastards at the British Podcast Awards mm. did not choose the babble for any of their shortlisted things despite us spending money to enter it now the other thing that we can do if we want to publicize the british podcast awards other than talking about the british podcast award is to get you to vote for the babble in the listeners choice award all of those other podcasts will be encouraging you to vote for them so don't do that vote for the babble what you do is you go to the british podcast award website and i think it's britishpodcastaward.com slash vote or something like that anyway and you can vote on the listeners choice award you can start typing sustainable sustainable warm cup up and you can vote for it we won't win because we don't have as many listeners as Kermode and Mayo, which isn't a real podcast such anyway. Such a joke. It's such a joke. I know. Oh, I'm just going to casually ask my, what, five million listeners on the BBC if they can go and vote for us. Like, that's... T- so just, just purely to say we have, go to that and vote for us. But all we've done there is encourage you to go to our website and vote for us. Yeah. I mean, capitalism. I mean, what's the point? <laughs>